0: Here we are with the Mr. Joe Smith, a longtime friend of mine, coming to join uh, from the Buzz Labs. Joe, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, I'm Joe Smith. I run the Buzz Lab. I'm a longtime friend of Karen Baker and a longtime fan of Shipper HQ and webshop apps before that.
0: What is the Buzz Labs? The Buzz Lab is a
1: video content and live experience agency. If you'd asked me that, maybe five, ten years ago, I would have said something different about explainer videos, but we've kind of evolved a bit.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting at this, is a lot of videos. Um, (laughs) 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 We we should talk about when we first got uh, in touch with each other because I I think this is a great story, and it kind of leads us through the journey of what you've done because, in my mind, you've been very instrumental in the Magento ecosystem and in the tech ecosystem in general because you're kind of bringing a very different aspect to, uh, you know, like what is tech, right? Software, marketing, sales, et cetera, et cetera. And and my view of you guys was like there was these complete weirdos that were very, (laughs) uh, no offense, uh, completely left the field that, that really brought something different to the tech ecosystem. But initially kind of understanding where you fit in that was interesting. But as time went on, it was like, oh, these guys are pivotal to what was Magento. So, so if we roll all the way back to the story there, I think that would be fantastic to tell.
1: Firstly, the, my original involvement in the Buzz Lab was, was because of Magento and, and how we know each other was is, is also very much because of Magento. You know, Ryan Byrne founded the Buzz Lab, I want to say in 2007 or 8, and Magento was one of his first clients. And at some point, after doing some great work for Magento, Bob Schwartz challenged Ryan Byrne to come up with a version of the services that BuzzLab had been providing to Magento back when it was called Variant and on forward. But Bob Schwartz told Ryan that they were about to launch this marketplace,
0: which was, I believe, Connect. That was the X commerce guys, right? Like, yes, We all went to San Francisco. Do you remember? I think it was around then. I think that video was produced for San Francisco. I'm not sure. Was you there at that event? I don't remember meeting you there. I
1: was not at the first one. I was at all the Vegas ones when they were actual Magento events before the Adobe years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So anyway, Bob Schwartz tells Ryan that they're about to launch a marketplace for apps, and he wants to know, is there a way That Ryan Byrne and his band of married creatives could offer some sort of a service that would be accessible and affordable and understandable for a whole sea of app developers who have no experience with video whatsoever, but need to put some kind of representation of their app on this marketplace page. Could you make something that was like, you know, maybe a thousand dollar price point or something that's absurd, but can you make, can you productize your offering and make it very repeatable and easy for this whole new group of people to, uh, to make use of it? So right about that time, I had left a company that I had founded and Ryan Byrne was trying to uh, recruit me and then he pitched me this opportunity to create like a, a product and a, a whole department that we could build together. So I spent a bunch of time on it and ryan and i came up with what we thought was a very good offering we really worked hard to try to see around corners and think of all the things that these developer types would need and want and not understand and so we we finally came up with it and we called bob and said we've we've cracked the code we've got an offering And he started pimping us out and connecting us to people. And Karen was one. You were one of the first people to take us up on our our new offering. Yeah. And I think you
0: ordered five
1: of them. I think you ordered five right out of the gate.
0: I think there's a precursor to this. I think what actually happened was that for X-Commerce, you did some explainer videos for Magento that were displayed on the screen. So there was Arsene Aheadworks. So, I'd seen those because you'd done those for kind of free. And then right. it was somebody at X Commerce went, Would you be interested in paying for these explainer videos? And they were pitching this idea to me. I think it was uh, Baruch. Remember Baruch? Uh, him who was talking to me about oh, it. Oh, Baruch, All right. Yes. yes. So, Zona. So, yes. So, so I kind of I knew roughly what you were doing. And then they tell me the price point, And I'm like, yeah, like why not? Like, like this sounds really simple. Yeah, I feel, simple. That, really I feel simple. that we should
1: pause yeah. at this point in the podcast just to point out that we can't make anything for a thousand dollars. That is not a thing that we do. But back, back in time when we <laughs> thought it was a good idea to try, you are five of them right out of the gate, and we get really excited, like, oh wow, we've got we've got a, our first real customer who seems to get it. She's ordering not one, but five, and we'll get to work on them all at the same time. This is great. We're going to put our ideas right to the test immediately. And you proceeded to find every flaw in our thinking and poke every hole in our system and process and broke it all, broke it all very, very quickly, and you were hopping mad.
0: I'm, I think, I'm really sorry. I think it's just about mutually meeting expectations. And I would put it down to there was a middleman that sold it wrong on both sides. There you go. See? That's, that's I would I'm, also
1: acknowledge that there were definitely legitimate flaws in, in what we laid out. What we thought was foolproof. it turns out it's not foolproof <laughs> until you test it. And, and you tested it. And found all of the proofs of foolery. And yes, and so we had a conversation over Skype. You were in England then, and you definitely dressed me down and told me what was wrong with us and our offering, and demanded your money back. And if memory serves, I just took a lashing and then said, look, okay, I'm going to give you your money back. I'll do that as soon as we hang up here. but." I'm going to make the video the first one anyway for you I'm are going to charge you a nickel for that. I just want you to see what yeah. the thing is that, that you
0: hate. Yeah,
1: I'm going to give it to you as a gift and I'll also give you your money back. And you said something like whatever. <laughs> and then we made the video for you and then you saw it and You called back and said, look, I want to go forward. I'll give you all the money back, back. And I want the five. I get it. I like what you're doing here. Got some feedback for you about your process and your messaging. And that was the beginning of what has become one of my favorite, not just friendships and and relationships in in terms of like people that you work for who become friends, but as a kind of way of being, like a core – buzz lab value mm-hmm. we always now make a point when geez, you know you, you don't get everything right you mess up sometimes yeah. yeah you have a bad do or a miscommunication or a false start or whatever these things happen but we from that moment forward have always held it as like a core buzz lab value that when someone is unhappy with us for any reason stop and recognize Mm. that there's a huge opportunity here. Mm. You can't turn them all around, but there's always an opportunity.
0: I think from my side, like, especially when you're overseas, right? And the the perception of America and stuff like that, like, you have to, like, if you roll back to that point and then you go, oh, you know, how did you look at it? And it was like, you know, these kind of kids from LA and they're like going, here's your money. And you say, it's my well earned money. And then, and then that happens and it's like building that trust. But what I've learned over the years with, with you guys is like, you really, really know your business, right? And unusually so, because there's a marriage between video and the tech business, which Ryan kind of decided to walk into, right? Because your background is actually more in the kind of, you know, general, what would you call it? Like a general production kind of business, right? So
1: we're kind of a weird group, right? Because we're we're actual movie people. Like we've all written, directed, produced films that have been in theaters and, and all the places that films get distributed. But Ryan had founded a tech company and had a very successful exit prior to him even becoming a filmmaker. I went the other way. I had a a film career, wrote and produced some movies, and then wound up moving into tech. Fifteen years later, we knew quite a bit about how to use cinematic storytelling and, and movie language and tools and tricks to help companies tell stories because it's really all the same thing, right? I mean we're the more you're connecting to your audience and telling a story and thinking of what you're trying to do in terms of story the better the results are that you're likely to get yeah when you're trying to just talk about your features you know you can get some results but what you really want is you want the movie people telling your stories you want
0: absolutely people to know how to make a movie
1: to help you make a movie about you
0: yeah, and then that's what you're great at in my mind. I think that there's like for me, there's a, there's a few things I have deep respect for you, and it's it's earned respect, right? Like I, there's a lot of fluffiness out there and stuff like that. Like I remember when we did the kind of second set of videos together. You produced a video, and I think we were friends by that point, right? And you did a video that we put into the competition, the Webshop Apps video, and I remember that one where I just went, "Do what you want," right? And then I was the beginning of do what you want, do what you want one, right? But it's about like what what we found out by that stage, and it is about building that relationship up. But you, under like for me, like being, you know, frankly, a bit of a tech nerd, right? And then sitting down with you guys and listening and learning and building that relationship together, and then you being able to you know, it's like, you know, front end work for me. I can't design for Toffee, but I have a great designer that can translate what I'm asking for. But, you know, with you guys, in a way, it goes a step further because you pick up on the vibes and stuff with me. And I'm a very generous job spec, which you probably don't want with any other client. So let's just be clear <laughs> on that. But but I think, like, that's created a, a great relationship between ourselves. And I, I just want to say, like, from my side, like, I've learned so much more from you than just, video like you've taught me how to trust people and believe in people outside of my sector outside of my community and we've had some tremendous laughs together over the years and you've opened my eyes to i remember talking to a girl once and and i just said to her we never would have spoken in normal life you know and we were just sitting there howling about stuff but also like that diversity and inclusion goes both ways and you know, like you've you've really opened that up to me that different types of people can be together and be one, and I don't know, just that that general side of it. I think I think the Buzz Lab to me has like tremendous core values and and strength, and I learn a lot from it. So, and on that note, we have Mister Happy joining us. <laughs> he did more happiness in the room to So we brought you in. Joe said, Karen, you're too miserable. Can we have another American on the line?
2: I'm trying to think of the saddest thing I could say. <laughs> I mean the sad I think the saddest sentence in the entire world is my puppy died but that did not happen so knock on wood.
1: I'm really glad that your puppy didn't die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just roll forward a little bit and like, let's talk about the Shipper HQ video and then we'll, then we'll kind of roll back on the, I want to like to peel that back then back to Magento, but let's roll all the way forward to the, the latest video we did together and just, you know, talk to why we did it, what it was and why the hell we decided not to go down a product route. And maybe Quentin, you can kind of come in here on this, on this video and some of the joys of, of it and, you know, how it's gone down.
2: Yeah, I think that I would rather make that video than any commercial or about the product. I mean, because shipping is inherently boring and it's more about the the story outside of shipping is more interesting.
1: That video is probably my favorite thing the Buzz Lab has ever made. That was without question the most fun we had in years. And it would be an understatement to say that the brief was loose. (laughs) It was... (laughs) It was maybe not quite as loose as the Magento contest video that you, you mentioned earlier. You didn't exactly say just do whatever like you did for that one, but it was pretty close. It was pretty close. You, you told what you, the things that I remember being understanding to be very important to you were that you did not want to explain what you do at all. You wanted to give a sense of who you are, what you stand for, that you take your work seriously, but not yourselves too seriously, that you care very much about your customers and their worlds. I don't know if you told me that or if I just knew that, but I definitely I knew that. Um, and that you wanted something that felt like felt very real and authentically Austin. You wanted it to have a real local flavor to be as inclusive as possible. You were very comfortable with it being weird as long as it wasn't weird for weirdness sake that it was it was fun you wanted to give make people laugh it had been a weird couple of years and you wanted to give people something to feel good about going into the holidays am i missing it? And, and you had a truck <laughs> like is there was a, am i missing anything that was like a crucial part of that brief as set up for what what was done
0: yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the way I saw it was that, I mean, as Quentin says, shipping is one of the most boring subjects you can talk about ever, right? And yes, maybe uh, we should have done a product video um, and, you know, like people, the next CEO will probably look at this kind of stuff and go, what the hell was she doing? But um, the way I see it is that we had that freedom of expression. And I did uh, I did feel both for the internal team for the customers and for the ecosystem at large, that, you know, to go out with a fun video and share, you know, like, it's a moment in time, I think, a video. It's about recording a moment in time and where you are as a company. And about if you can make people smile, I just think after uh, the two years of the pandemic and showing, you know, people actually being out like in December, when we recorded it, it really was just people were just starting to get back out again. And in fact, we did lock down a bit after that video was made, right? So we were in this kind of very kind of open, close, open, closed. And it was just showing, to me, it was like a lot of people locked in their rooms. Let's get outside and let's kind of get back to being people. Because I do think in technology sometimes, we are just chase, 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 and it's all about the dollar. It's all about the, you know, the kind of the ARR, the, the LTV, and this, that, and the other, and it's like, hang on a minute. Like, there's life, right, and life and technology, and I don't know, I'm just a big believer in enjoying the journey of, of what we are and and also showing as a company that, like you say, we don't take ourselves too seriously, and we want to make memories, Right.
1: I think that that's the the big piece is that it was it was meant to be a culture video it was about yes. culture and yes. and culture is not that there are snacks in your office culture it's who you are it's what you stand for
0: yeah culture is
1: your vibe the the reasons people want to be around you whether that is joining your team because you're looking for a job and you are hiring or it's about people that are considering you as partners, seeing what kind of people are these people. And then I think there's also this internal dimension, which was a really cool thing for for me to witness. That there were people on the shoot who were Shiver HQ employees that showed up to, you know, some of the shoot days and were like, nice to meet you. And not to me, to each other. People that work at the yeah. company that had never met in real life and here they are making a video about their culture while actually having a, a legitimate cultural experience at the same time. So it was, it was, a, yeah, a, it was a, a really a, cool it was thing stress. to not just capture culture, but to actually kind of generate
0: yeah, and I think it's like you have to kind of put yourself in the future. Like there was probably a 100 people on Rainy Street that night, um, you know, like at, at that event. You've recorded that, right? Like and that's now in the video forever. Like as we walk our separate paths as we go forward, we will always look back and have have that video there as that record. And I, I just, yeah, I think there's importance in that. And it's not to take away from the shipping piece. I mean, we recorded our customers, but what I wanted to do with our customers was bring them to life because a lot of our staff, and I think even on the customer side, they don't see us, we don't see them, right? But if you actually walk into Jenny's ice cream, Right? It's like that's the customer. So when you're working on that, whether you're in support or in sales or this, that and the other, no, that's the customer. That's what you're working with. But then also them knowing we are what they are working with as well. And and we all come together as a marriage is the is the way I see it. I'm I, I don't believe in technologies for the technology state. But I believe in technology for enabling people. To do things better together, and I think to me that was important that we got some of that across in the video. To let's not forget people, right? Like never, never forget people, never forget fun, and never forget the journey. That and and honestly, you, you did a truly fantastic job. Like when you turned up with the singer, I was just <laughs> like, oh my lordy lord. Like
2: yeah, I have a question on that. So Karen was that part of the brief? What no. brief? <laughs> what, what, I mean, what Joe was explaining earlier was a, a bit of a brief, but like the the song, did you guys write that or did uh, Sheldon write that?
1: Um, so that was a, it was a collaboration between us and Weldon Henson, Weldon. The, the singer. Yeah. Weldon Henson, if you're in Austin every Tuesday night, go see Weldon Henson live at the Broken Spoke.
0: Yep. Yeah. Awesome guy.
1: Tell him Shipper HQ sent you.
0: We've been there a few times since, just so you know. And the, he comes up and he shakes my hand and uh he's just oh. such such an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Every Tuesday for twelve years that guy's played The Broken Spoke. That's crazy. That's right? amazing.
1: So he's he sent us something. Jacob found him. And then uh the the song, by the way, that was entirely Jacob's idea. And when he he pitched it to me and I was like Ooh, I don't know like a whole music video and he was like look if, if we get it right it's amazing Yeah. the more I thought about it the more I really think like, Jacob is never wrong I can't think of a time when Jacob had like a, a wild creative idea that was totally wrong yeah. I don't necessarily always see his idea immediately and I've learned to like breathe on it and give give it space to kind of materialize but He's always right. That guy is just phenomenal. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he found the singer. And once I heard the singer's kind of first take, I realized like, oh my God, this is exactly what we should do. And then we we did not tell you. But
0: that's what we were going to do. No, you didn't. But I should tell you one of the consequences of the video, and uh, it's not necessarily positive actually. <laughs> so, but it's positive for you, not so much for me. So we put this on our About Us page and like it's fair like as I was saying, I was saying to Judge before you joined the call, like what well, one hell of a year we're having, right? Like so it's like it's so strange that you know, we're in kind of the start of April now. It's definitely been an interesting 2022. Can't wait for the year. The uh, (laughs) but the the video um, has really helped our recruiting side, right? It's on Mm -hmm. our about us page. We pushed it out. I mean, everybody who sees that video is just like, "Oh my lord!" Like that is awesome, right? And and we still haven't uh, really gone out to market yet with our merchants, right? We're really we just moved to HubSpot and we're really working on like our campaign and targeting. But that video is like front and center for us. But on our about us page now, when we're recruiting people. We're actually having to calm them down because um, <laughs> getting a little bit kind of their expectations are set really high. And we actually have had comments recently of the only place that I ever wanted to work is Shipper HQ. And I've got to say, we didn't, weren't getting those six months ago. So uh, uh, we're actually having to go, hey, we're not that cool. That was just really, you should come over to Barcelona. That was
2: a one-time thing?
0: <laughs> I know. you you know, but
1: you are exactly that cool, though. Like, that's, that's you. That's
0: your, your video. You made that. We, we did. And, uh, yeah, we're very appreciative. But why don't we, like, roll back? Because I think, um, to me, like, what I see with you guys is a uh, – and I see this, you know, marketing. Everybody's struggling with marketing right now. I think, you know, we're all – a lot of us are still at home. There's a lot of email marketing. There's a lot of kind of – you know, uh, people are trying to put content out. People are saying tell stories, which you point to exactly, right? But there's a lot of the same type of stuff coming out, right? But I think it's worth just looking at, at the Magento story a little bit and the the role that you actually played outside of us in, in that and how you got involved there. And in my mind, you were a key before the word influence come along. Like right? you were really influencing perception, brand, what was Magento and bring to life that for entrepreneurs like myself in order to embrace it. So do you want to, can you talk about some of that?
1: I can talk about some of it for sure. And, and I sh- should also start by just saying that, firstly, it's very kind of you to recognize us as, as having been right in the middle of all that. We, we also feel that we were in the middle of all of that. But the truth is, we came to be in the middle of all that by the grace of John Couch, that guy will always be one of our heroes for so many reasons. But John Couch is the one who who saw in us like all this potential and he was so inviting and inclusive and he just kept drawing us in further and further into the middle to where we, we found ourselves in, in the middle of everything, like helping him get to design the feel content-wise, of all those imagines. And what we got to do was help. Well, we were partly along for the ride, but we also got to kind of help build the ride as it was going. And the ride was one of the greatest experiences I've seen in kind of turning content into community and then turning that community into content and that content back into community. And I don't know anybody that that did that better than magento in the og days the days leading up to the ebay acquisition and then the connected commerce years and then even after commerce got disconnected again and they spun it off into a private equity thing magento still did an exceptional job of making their community celebrated and making them feel like they were like there is no magento without the community the magento is the community So the videos that were about Magento were about the community. And you could see that really well in all of the content we would make for them during those imagines. We would run around, we would be making a bunch of stuff while the Mm -hmm. thing was going. We'd made a bunch of stuff in advance of it to be played at sessions. But then we were also always working on a bunch of interviews, a bunch of footage, that some of it would become the wrap-up video. And everyone wanted to be in the wrap-up video. Everyone wanted to be in it, and Magento understood that if you feature people in their wrap-up video, they're going to put that out to their community, to their audience, and everybody's audience grows because of that. And we learned a lot just making those. And the other thing that we did for them really, really well was kind of just blurring the lines between what is content that you make for right now and what is the value of that year round? So we could we learned how to turn a couple of days worth of event into a year's worth of, of relevant stuff by learning. You know, we we didn't just interview the community; we were the community. We were part of it. We got to know people. We became you know some of our favorite people or people that we met because of that. And in talking to the right people, learning who who are the best thinkers or the most forward thinkers, the more interesting folks, you could ask them a handful of questions. Besides the why we love Magento stuff that Magento wanted, right. we would ask things like, what is the state of topic X? And then we would end up having some extra stuff that we could say, hey, Magento, would you be interested in a reel of what uh, your biggest influencers think about topic X? And they'd be like, absolutely. So we would make, a bunch of the stuff that was planned. And then we became really, really good at knowing how to how to maximize that, how to create lots of other opportunities that create other opportunities. And not just for, for us, but for everyone.
2: Had you been involved in an event like Imagine before? Or was this kind of the first conference that you guys really kind of spun into this?
1: Well, I mean, the first Imagine was our first event. So that was the very end. Oh, the
2: first Imagine was your first event ever?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so we, we helped build out. Most of what you would see on the screens was us. Right. Not in someone's PowerPoint, but like a pre-produced video.
2: So yeah, the cool one, you hear the music going and then the logo. Yeah, because I started, i my first imagine was 2016. And I remember working the booth and like being hungover on the last day and then being like, you need to make it to the, the main center for the wrap-up video. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I remember being so confused that there was video, like this video was made that was shot like two days before to the point where I remember just sitting there thinking like, man, these guys just don't sleep because the wrap up video, like you could have skipped the whole conference just done that. And you would have been just as juiced from doing the whole show.
1: We got to a point with them. And again, this is so much credit goes to John Couch for just kind of seeing us, getting to know us really, really well and, and creating, you know, trust and opportunities and being our champion but we got to a point where the SOW for Imagine I'm sure that I can't say very much about these things but I will say that they included besides list of deliverables we're gonna do two sketches and no one knew what those were at the time of contract we just agreed we're gonna wing it a couple of times and that was part of the deal and those were some of those pieces were some of our favorite things to make that year and it would all be stuff that we would, you know, kick some ideas around and, and see, you know, what can we convince Roy Rubin to participate in and not know if he'll go for it on the day, but we're going to pitch it. And if he says, yes, we're going to the pool and filming.
2: What was your favorite year imagined to to work on? Which is like the most memorable one that stands out?
1: My word. That's a great question.
0: It's all a blur. The whole thing's a blur at this point. Yeah, they
1: they become one yeah. one kind of uh, expensive, like, what was your favorite year of college
2: or
0: sophomore? <laughs> the one with All the right, stage so you know. was really cool. You know where you had the moving stage? I thought yeah. like that was maybe the second year or something. Like I couldn't tell you the
1: year, but it was the theme was Transform.
0: That's it, yeah. I think that's the second one. That was phenomenal. It was the third you didn't go through the first imagine in ALIA. You you started on the second one, which would have been the your story one, I imagine would have been. Oh no, sorry.
1: That. I personally started on the second one.
0: The Buzz Lab was in all of them. Oh, they were in all of them. Okay. What was so good about it? And I think what you do so well is, you know, like we've seen this, you know, when we go to, you know, other events like, you know, Big Commerce, Shopify, et cetera, is that what I think you guys really nailed and was nailed across the community with Magento was. Well, I remember the pre-imagined when you walked in, and uh, was it Teresa? Teresa uh, walked in, and there was a couple of other views there. And you, t- one is you bring a completely different dynamic, right? And that immediately opens up a diversity and inclusive inclusivity, very positive people, and your messaging on video is extremely positive, extremely inclusive. Um, so you you were doing that years ago like we're still you know right now I think we're we're struggling much more than we were back then with some that kind of bro culture and stuff like that you immediately brought that new dynamic but you were also like technology is fundamentally a little bit dull at times and there's a lot of nerds and there's a lot of people that struggle to express what the brand is what they're doing um you know, what that community is doing and everything else. And you have this ability to bring it alive. And like you say, that recycling element of it that, you know, you could just throw you into, I mean, I did a big commerce event recently and I can only just begin to imagine what that would have been if you'd have been there creating that content. And and it's an elevation, isn't it, of, you know, what is happening at the event to a whole separate level. And it's also is fundamentally, I think you did help, grow and set off the flywheel and continue to fly with the magento ecosystem because you were bringing it to visual life right just the photographer had a part and the videos had a part and you know the actual experience you were the experience part of that in my mind
1: you know the way we see it is that it's technology is all about what it does for people it's always about people everything is about people In explaining what is tech, you really want to explain what is tech for people. How does it make anything better for you? And then who's the you? Who are we talking to? Let's be as specific as possible all the time about who are we talking to and about. And then the the job of, of explaining tech is really just a job of humanizing it, making it feel accessible and important, giving some emotional connection to it there's a, you should care there's always a reason people don't just make technology to make technology you don't make shipping technology because you just because you like writing code you make it to, to do things for people to make their businesses grow and that's the story the story is always about what is the technology how is it what is it enabling what is made possible because someone made some cool tech that does that so to us Tech is never boring. Tech is always cool. And that's the job is to find out as quickly as we can, what is cool here? And then how do we connect that to exactly who we're talking to? And that is a, it's not work. It's it's what we love to do.
0: So would you see yourself as being, if somebody was trying to create an ecosystem, like your experience and what you create, like, do you believe that that is, you, you are the storytellers from a video perspective. Is that an easy way to kind of talk about you in the concept of, of growing an ecosystem or, you know, like in, there's a lot, you have a lot of strings to your bow, right? So like, if like, let's say I was going to create like new platform, right? New e-commerce platform. And I come up to you and went, Hey, let's work together. Like, what should we do? Like, in, and do you think that you're actually, able to kind of, cause that's hard, right? To set what Magento did was hard, that flywheel of creation of ecosystem of, you know, showing people what was going on, generating the buzz, right? Generating so that people wanted to join it. Do you believe that you are people that can help make that happen for others? Or do you believe that that was already there and all you did was enable that to be viewed? But how do you see that?
1: It's an interesting question. I'll talk about us maybe as part two. But I think what what Magento did very well from the very start, from the imaginings of it, from the, the, no pun intended, from the figuring out of what it was going to be, it was fundamentally open, fundamentally open source. So what they did was create opportunity for others to create and for others to build their own, ecosystems and their own economies and in making the decision to do that lots of companies aren't interested in doing that that is a that is a specific value-based choice and in doing that then they still have the the marketing problem and like how to get scale and how to get traction that is its own different problem but in setting it up as a, a system where others can give birth to their own systems and economies they position themselves for something that if they get it right, if it works, this could be amazing. And I think that's that's part one of the answer is empowering, seeing that your success is kind of going to be a function of other people's succeeding. That's step one. And I think they, they did that brilliantly all the way back to their founding. That's the Roy's and others. But then beyond that, you can... You can still fail if you fail to get the word out and, and fail to get traction. Right, that's a different business problem. So that's where we come in, because we're not we're not a media buying company. Like we don't help you figure out where to put your ad buy money. We don't do that. We we stay very very focused on just kind of doing one thing really well, and that is the the content piece. But I think we're we're I think I'm biased. I think we're better than most at the specific thing that we do because I think of, at this point, a combination of, of just the, the, our, who we are and what we care about and then our sort of weird set of experiences. Like the, I don't know who else makes you know a video for Adobe and has also made a movie with Snoop. I don't know who those people are. I don't know who else has... They're you. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. Are, That's it. Uh, there might be others, but I don't know them. And if you know them, don't tell anyone about them. Just tell your friends to come see us. Yeah, I, I think that we're um, we're weird people. You once called us like weird socialites. And I, I accept that. I'm okay with it. We'll just be the best us's that we can be. And what I see now happening that's super interesting to me is uh, the rise of the other, like I see new solar systems being, not being born, they've been around, but I see like, Others are growing very, very quickly. And I see lots of opportunity for engaging, spirited competition. Lots of other people can can use the same kind of, uh, I wouldn't call them tricks, but I would call them tools. Tools. For helping, yeah, helping empower people to, to help build their businesses, which helps build the sort of mothership.
2: So would you say that one of those new solar systems is... Built around like virtual events. Would you say virtual events have their own solar system around them? Is that one of those examples?
1: I think that virtual events are are really their hybrid events. Okay. I think I mean there's there's definitely going to be forevermore now a role for virtual events, but I think what we're what we're seeing now that people can get together again. You can just do it the way you used to, but you're leaving some audience and, and other stuff on the table if you don't have some sort of a virtual component. Mm-hmm. So I see the, the virtual side of things as like another ticket type that will probably you know be forever important now. It also makes things a lot of work because where you used to have to produce one event, you now find yourself producing two events. But what you get out of doing that is you open your doors to a lot more people being able to access your, your world and participate in it if you do it well.
2: Right. That makes sense. I, and I think it's interesting you talk about them sort of converging into one. I think to a, a friend, a partner company of ours, they're called Irish Titan. They do a thing called Ecom Forum. And it was last year as they kind of did this Saturday night live-esque thing where they had the stage, they had the people, and then they had the crew behind it that was filming it as some sort of like live audience thing. And it was like a sitcom-esque thing. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way to blend the two.
1: Was it scripted or is all improvised? Scripted. Okay, that's fun.
2: I might need to tell Darren about you guys to see how about kicking it up the next notch. But I, do you think you that, can tell
1: anyone about us that you want?
2: Darren listens to this, so he'll he'll chime in.
0: Super expensive. Just so you know, that thousand dollars went up by by a lot. I mean, we're lucky uh, that we've been able to use you. I mean, your, your your target market is in a kind of more enterprise space. Like right? you've worked with the likes of PayPal, eBay, Adobe. I Super mean, HQ. Yeah, I'm. I you know, I count myself very lucky that I know Joe and built the relationship early on, so he it, it, it helps me out there. But where you're actually pitching yourself and where you're working nowadays, can you talk to to any of that? Like, when, you know, what, what do you see as kind of your sweet spot? Because you've got your virtual events ring that Ryan's doing as well, right? And uh, so where are you heading as we walk forward? What is your ideal customer, right?
1: Sure. That's a great, great question. Thank you. Our, it's
0: all right. I'm here, I'm here <laughs> for you always, mate. I don't know, always carry business cards. <laughs> ideal
1: customer now is definitely more of the enterprise type that that has multiple firstly that has a well-built identity. It's the same amount of work for us on the execution side of things, but it's so much easier to work with a, a well-established identity where you think of that identity as being the, the perimeter within which you can operate. If somebody's built a good perimeter and and the the bigger your PWCs and companies of a size have a very strong sense of their brand, their identity, and their voice, and you quickly get a command of that, and you can go pretty much anywhere within that fence, we love that. That, There's a lot of, of room to have fun without having to do the work of helping someone understand who they are first. So... That's one real advantage to the enterprise client. They also, besides having you know, better budgets, of course, they tend to think of things much longer term, and they think in terms of where are we trying to go over the next year? And they don't need a video. They usually need like a series that's going to all serve a very specific business goal. And so all of that stuff, if you take away the budget size part of it, they're all things that are much more interesting to us, right? Like thinking long-term, getting to work very, very closely with people who are the deciders and people who have a, you know, whatever their KPIs are, they they own some numbers that they're trying to move. And you get to jump right into a very high-level business problem and and help somebody create a long-term solution to it as opposed to... You know, hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to help you make your one video. That the only thing you'll
0: need. You're not a one-off company, really. You're really kind of somebody that comes in alongside, and like John was the, what creative director. They went on to Hulu after, right? He's moved on again. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know where he is now. Uh, went somewhere else, but but you know, you're you're creating this long-term partnership to be alongside them, and there's. It seems to me like there's a a storytelling element to what you're doing there's a there's a brand and identity you know explanation there's an ecosystem aspect to what you do which is what a lot of people are trying to hit in different ways like do you ever look at the kind of metrics against the kind of traditional marketing techniques right versus the the pushing the video out and and how these things compare and obviously when you can get that visual aspect of it it must make a a big difference to a you know a case study or a one sheet of raw you know kind of splash on a page kind of situation it's it's completely different
1: you know we we have never actually now that I'm about to hear myself say it out loud, it's absurd, but we've never actually made a case study for ourselves about someone that we've worked with and what what outcomes were achieved, which is patently absurd because we have literally made like hundreds and hundreds of these for, for everyone else. It's one of the, pillars of our business too
0: busy building mate that's that's what i say that's what some people say uh too busy building to you know some people have the worst websites kind of thing but would they go well why is that well, we we're too busy building i think that's true right like we're like a cobbler running around with no shoes no not at all uh i think you guys are uh, brilliant like truly brilliant and um i always think we're kind of like BuzzLab videos until they kick us out. And that's uh, the only thing. You know, <laughs> Maybe we'll
1: do a case study of this uh, called The Ballad of Shipper HQ with you and, and talk about the unwanted results that we got for you.
0: Well, yeah, no, that's true. But that, that's the thing. I mean, like, we this is the thing from an ecosystem perspective, like, You know, we're a small company, right? We put the video out and then a lot of people want to come and join us off the back of the video, right? And like you imagine that for a larger company, if you're, if you're in my mind, I don't think that any form of platform, right? You know, or anything that's like API based or, you know, where you want to bring in partners, right? Which is so key now, so key to growth. I really think that the key things of that are creating an ecosystem. And in my mind, creating the community. And it is a community that's balanced and works well together and goes forward. And, you know, I'll be kind of disruptive here and say that I think one of the reasons for the demise of of Magento right now has been the loss of the community and, and in part due to events, in part due to strategy and people not really understanding the value of, of what that brings, because you're, you're through half the battle when your friends are around a bar right because you can actually like like me and you sometimes you know we you can have the frank conversation with each other I mean you tell me to shut up all the time right like you know but like but you can do that and that's how you learn off of each other I mean we've with Magento we were all you know they say this you are the average of the five people that you most hang out with we were fortunate to go to a conference every year where we were hanging out with CEOs of companies entrepreneurs and things like that that and that drove up the ecosystem, right? It was
1: absolutely a celebration of community. Every event, we went to loads of events. We've done content and produced loads of events. But I would say to this day, very almost no one has the, the lightning in a bottle that Magento's imagine as a Magento company events had. And that lightning in a bottle was that everyone who was there felt it was their event and they weren't wrong it's not a crack on adobe it's just a thing that that if you haven't gone to all those other events and you just rolled in in 2019 and you're like what is this thing that we've bought you will not get it you won't get it from our wrap-up video you might get a glimpse of it by talking to people which i know they did in 19 but it's not the same like you the people no. who went to those things no. were ride or dies. They were going to those things when it was a baby company. They were going to those things when it was part of eBay. And then they were getting absorbed into yeah. the eBay universe.
0: We all did feel like we belonged. And even Quentin joined in in 16, right, Quentin? Quite quickly, you were brought into the circle. And like even us going to Shop Talk yesterday, uh, last week I felt like yesterday. Um, even going to that, like they're, they're, it's that bonding of community, like and like three thousand, four thousand people all being together. And you are unique, but you are one. You want to
1: talk about a sense of like
0: beyond belonging
1: into entitlement? Tell me this: is there a Shopify association? Is there a big commerce association?
2: I think there's technically a Shopify one,
1: right? But is it a group of People with pitchforks saying, "We own this thing. We helped make. We built this city. You have to listen to us, even though you are a giant company." No,
2: it's it's not like that. Well, I think the difference is, is like it's those are marketplaces. I feel like is versus like being a part of the platform. And I think that Magento feels like you're a part of the platform versus you're a tool in the marketplace.
0: There isn't a clear ecosystem right now. You know, it's like I, I think there is a pockets of the Shopify ecosystem. I think there's pockets of the big commerce ecosystem. I honestly think one of the worst things Magento ever did was creating an association because at that point they put in rulers, and I always said that the one of the reasons why Magento was so successful was because it was so free and it gave it so much movement, like the natural. Kind of leaders and, and people could change and it, it had an evolution about it. Like like people like Quentin join it. And as soon as you put in a ruler, that stopped. I
1: wasn't trying to say that there should or shouldn't be a Magento or Shopify or Big Commerce Association. I'm just pointing to the fact that so many people joined up believing that they have some yes. ownership stake and what this thing ought to yes. be and what its direction ought to be and you know whether they're right or they're wrong that's not the point that's not my point my point is how amazing that something has been built that inspires so many people to feel passionately that their voice must be heard and i think that's amazing yes and
0: i agree completely yeah you you're absolutely right and the other the other side of it was was it wasn't just one type of person, was it? There were sales, there was marketing, there was youth. You know, Quentin was 23 or something when he first went there, didn't know nothing about 24, didn't know nothing about nothing, right, and very quickly ingrained. Where do you see that nowadays? Like where do you, there was not that kind of clickiness, right? Like, yeah, there were pockets. There always are. But there it was, it was a lot of different senior, junior – I mean, even pre-Imagine, which you know was recorded, was like um, you had CEOs in there, like Mark Lavelle, standing next to a developer. Like
1: we almost joined it. It would have been absurd because we, we're not actually a user. We're not actually a customer. We don't have any e-commerce in our website, but we felt welcome, and that says something. And I, I think that's it. That's the thing that I see. I don't know Big Commerce. I'd like to know them. They seem awesome. Everyone, I've met a couple of people from big commerce at your holiday party last.
0: Yeah. they seem like great people. There are there are great people. I think uh, out there. I think a lot of people are still kind of getting their stuff together. And I think what we need to do, and this is this is why I'm, you know, I'm not as you know, typically a trust in person, right? But what we need to do is, it's that combination of like I saw this at Short talk where there was a bit of kind of let's start again. Right. And I think what we really need to do I is this marriage of youth with experience. Right. And there are people that have walked this walk before right so like bring these people in the room they know what they're doing and trust that right and we don't have to go always and reinvent stuff and i i'm a big believer in opening your mind up to different ecosystems and looking you know i'll look in programming terms back to i follow people like grady booch martin fowler and some of their early learnings in programming because it's just super important to to take a different view of what happened before and learn the lessons from that and you know like you guys, are, in my mind, are an absolute gem. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of I wish you all the best with, and I know that you will continue being immensely successful. And at one point, it will be, Shipper HQ, who's that?
1: That will never, ever happen. <laughs> it will never happen. We will always do whatever you want. And if you tell us almost nothing, we'll figure out what to do.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful for our friendship and you had a fundamental life impact on me. I think there's people like you, Ben, Marks, uh, Kevin, that fundamentally changed how I trust people that I didn't have before. So for for that, I'm immensely grateful. And the fact that you could bring us and our brand to life has just been just, just truly amazing. We would not have had the success that we had with Webshop Apps without you. That was an absolute game changer for us. And what I most appreciate is the many stories that we won't share today. Um, so many, so many, so many stories. You're, you're very dear to my heart, and I'm grateful for every time you come back into our lives. So me too. Yeah, it's been no, it's been nice. I would encourage everybody to go and look outside of their own, you know, little bubble and and reach out to other people because you'd be surprised sometimes at what you meet. So even if you do have a massive argument from the first day, the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it was all my fault. I'm really, really bloody sorry. I take full response for this.
1: I've been waiting like 12 years for this apology. For this <laughs> immensely <laughs> satisfying.
0: I'm really, really, really sorry. And uh, I, yeah, thank you. And thank you for hiding that video of me that time. And
1: uh, Oh, let's talk about that. That was the one thing that was very clear in the brief. The one, the most passionate creative requirement. Exactly. And the whole brief under no circumstances were you to be in the video the one actual
0: instruction and
1: we messed that up Mm -hmm. we put you in the video you're in it i
0: know i saw that i know i saw it you don't hate it you didn't ask us to cut you out no no it's all right yeah and uh nobody's really figured out what that is but but, yeah, I'm, I'm very good in the written word, good at programming, uh, as we can tell, kind of very mediocre at podcasts and uh, terrible on video. That
1: is one of the things that we're also very proud of, that we, after all these years we finally got you in a video.
0: No, I appreciate it. In appreciate. a way that was
1: acceptable somehow.
0: Yeah. Thank, thanks for doing it. We do, you're, you're great. And uh, I wish you every success. So what's your uh, website so people can find you?
1: The BuzzLab.com. Cool. The Buzzlab.com. And I should also, before uh, before we go, I should mention this BuzzCast thing. Otherwise Ryan will say
0: I know I was trying to bring that in earlier and you, you didn't quite uh... I didn't
1: I didn't take the bait. You lie. Uh, you set it up for me and I went a different direction, inexplicably. Okay, so BuzzCast in 2020, we were working with some video Technology partners and trying to figure out what sort of arrangement we were going to come to. And then all of a sudden, it became very clear to us, very clear to Ryan, that if a few of the things that were already kind of underway were connected, and you couple that with some of the things that we know from years of doing events with the likes of of John Couch and, and others, we would have the bones of a very useful virtual events platform. So we very, very quickly focused our resources on that and when we built it and started getting customers right away because you know everyone was freaking out and trying to figure out how to do some version of of their event uh, how to salvage their year and whatnot and so we we got some really impressive customers right away and listened very closely to what they wanted because it wasn't exactly what we had out of the box and what we had out of the box was at the time much like a, a burning man art car you know like it, it it works. It's, it's stitched together, you can definitely drive it. But if you were going to try to sell that, you would want to you know bolt things together better. And we did all the bolting together and, and developing while you know like building the car and driving the car at the same time. But that thing has done very very well. So much so that Ryan Byrne is now full time over there as the CEO of Buzzcast buzzcast.com and there are now I lost count at around 30, 30 employees at, at Buzzcast. Wow. Yeah it's, it's grown really well it's a, a, an enterprise grade virtual event platform is what you would want to you know it's kind of built based on things we knew from making imagines with that team. You can do a little meeting on it and people have but you can also do a global multi-day, multi-track giant event like you know, lots lots of people have. I won't oversell it, but if I
2: don't think you should oversell it because didn't didn't you win something from it? We did win something. We won
1: a we won a gold Stevie Award. I had not heard of the Stevie Awards before winning one, but we won one of those for uh, a National Academy of Sports Medicine. Their annual conference was I forget the numbers, but it was it was huge. Every year, all these physical fitness people, like trainers and stuff, and nutritionists gather like they did in the before times at a big ballroom somewhere, and it would be like five days or so of, of like live workouts and, and physical fitness training sessions, and they, there are people who were all over the world, and they came to us like, hey, can you figure out how on earth we're going to do this all remote and all virtual? And that was crazy. Like we had a hundred hours of sessions recorded somewhere in Europe. Most were all over the place in America. And uh, yeah, we we built kits and shipped them all over and did all these live session recordings. And then there were some, some events that were live on the day. It was a pretty big, big affair and uh, that went well. They were super happy with it. And uh, yeah, we won We won a gold Stevie for the Buzz Lab for production and gold Stevie award. I'm like, I have my Stevie here. Keep it on my desk. I was
2: just going to ask you what it looked like.
1: It looks like a little Oscar, sort of. It's a funny thing. Anyway, the Buzzcast won another one for like tech startup of the year, the International Business Awards, the Stevie's.
2: Wow. That was cool. So if you need virtual, in-person, half and half, a commercial, maybe a TikTok. Yeah. Joe, joe smith is your guy <laughs> or a country music video or a country music video or a song written about your coffee. or americans speaking in australian accents when they're supposed to be british about shipping <laughs> train extensions. That yeah. it's the anything is possible i think of that kevin garnett thing that's that should be on your website you know that anything is possible that's buzz lab
0: i would summarize you guys as uh very firmly bringing the creative to tech, right, and and bringing a different viewpoint and working with that company on what their viewpoint is. Like you say, those with a strong identity and being able to turn that from somebody's brain into reality or, you know, from... It's amazing what you do, it really is. So,
1: Thank you. I, I probably made it sound like we only work with these giants and, and won't talk to smaller companies. And it's not entirely...
2: It's true. us and PayPal.
1: Yeah. It's not entirely true. We don't say no... Mostly, but if you're asking me, like when I try to go out and find work, that's the work that I'm trying to find. Other other work finds us, and you know we will do that too.
0: Do you do merchant videos as well? Do you get involved much there, or you mainly kind of more on the kind of technology side of the world, like software kind of tech?
1: We have done some as well, some Mm B two C merchant and then like actual retail, like. We've done a fair amount of that stuff, but what we have done much, much more for 15 years is the B2B part of it, Mm. helping B2B businesses explain themselves and and grow.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks for your time, Joe. You're wonderful as always. Thanks for having me.
1: I love you both. Good to see you, Joe. Great to talk to you.